0: 16. And I want to begin reading just two verses of scripture tonight, Uh, verse 25 and 26. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. I'd like to speak for a little while on the thought. The title of the message is Time for the shackles to come off, it's time for the shackles to come off. Let us pray, Pastor. Please stand and pray for the message and messenger, please. Uh, thank you so much. Oh Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Yes, God. God. Yes. Oh yes, <coughs> Jesus. Thank you, oh, God. Oh Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Thank you very much, sir. The Bible, the Bible declares in Romans fifteen, verse four. For whatsoever things were written, aforetime were written. For our learning, that we, through patience, now you look at that word, you may have your own definition, but patience here in the Greek means cheerful or hopeful endurance, the ability to be faithful and dependable, and it's great to see you, Sister Martha, amen, amen. That we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Jesus said in John 16 verse 33. These things have I spoken unto you. That in me ye might have peace. Now this is the part that we don't like. In the world. Ye shall have tribulation. That word means pressure, affliction, even persecution and trouble. But Jesus said, Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. The Bible said in here, offers hope to every believer. That is going through any type of adversity, persecution, and sadly, but it's going to come. I don't know when it will because the Bible says all that live godly shall suffer persecution. Well, I don't have to have many amens for that because we don't want that, do we? Here in our Bible study, said, preacher, go faster. Well, the pastor prayed for me. I prayed before church. I prayed over there. I said, God, help me. And our Bible said, and Paul had cast out this unclean spirit of a woman practicing divination. Some would call it fortune telling. And her masters were upset because it messed with their money. Making scheme. And you know, people don't like when you start messing with their money. Can I get a witness? Say, preacher, don't mess with my money. You're telling me to pay my tithe. These are tight. Pay your tithe anyway. I like to go over with it sometimes. But well, sometimes people are blessing me. Amen. Amen. I have no problem with it. God is good. So here, the money-making scheme was all turned upside down. So the multitude rose up against them, stripped their clothes off, Paul and Silas, and beat them. And then they put them in shackles and threw them in prison. In Psalms 34, verse 19, the Bible says, many of the afflictions are the righteous of the righteous. Many of the afflictions. What is that, preacher? That's that bad and evil stuff, adversities. But the Lord delivered him out of them all. I'm glad that whatever we go through or face, if we put our trust in God, God will deliver us. It may not be when we want it, but guess what? It's coming. I said it's coming. Amen. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, the Bible says, the Apostle Paul said, There had no temptation. That word also in the Greek means adversity. Taking you, but such as is coming to man. But God is faithful. God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able but will with the temptation, the trouble, the adversity, the affliction, whatever it may be, he will make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Sometimes the temptation seems like it's great, but guess what? God's grace is greater to sustain us, to help us, as we're going to see in our Bible reading. The Bible says here at midnight, We see something begin to happen at midnight. A certain time of night. I looked that word up where the psalmist said, At midnight I will arise and give thanks. And one of the meanings of midnight there is adversity. Adversity, figuratively speaking. How many are going through some midnight? Going through some midnights in your life. Amen. With John, Paul, and Silas. Just go ahead and join Paul and Silas and get ready, get ready for something to happen, amen? Even though Paul and Silas, they were hurting, they were hurting bodily, and they were in shackles. Listen, they were hurting bodily and in shackles, but they weren't murmuring. They were not even doubting and finding fault and whining and complaining. Preacher, I really want to shout right now. Well, we're going to shout when they shout. But right now, let's get some, get some business out the way. They weren't having a, and I may be preaching this to myself tonight. They weren't having a, a sympathy party, looking for someone to feel sorry for them. The Bible didn't say that. You know, when bad things happen to some people or when they are seemingly stuck in an unpleasant situation, they become disgruntled. That means angry. Angry or dissatisfied they become grumpy I saw a a restaurant over in uh, Jacksonville it was called the grumpy restaurant I really wanted to go there I just wanted to find out if the food was good or if people was really there just you know being grumpy folks that food is bad that's nasty somebody asked me one time Somebody asked me one time, said, how was it? I said, it it was different. (laughs) It was different. Somebody said, how was the food? It hit the spot. (laughs) But grumpy and grouchy. Preacher, what does that mean? You know what it means. Bad-tempered, bad-tempered and irritable. Say, preacher, I'm getting irritated right now because you're going too slow. It means also to complain. And when you complain, it will cause you to have a critical spirit. I was trying to get a church started with the help of the Lord. My dear Martha and two boys with me there in Chicago in my early days. And, you know, I'm looking at people with somewhat of a critical eye. No, it was a critical eye. But I called Pastor Olson, and I said to him, I said, sir, I'm not trying to be critical. He paused. He said, don't. (laughs) He said, don't. You know what people say, I'm trying, I'm not trying to be mean. Don't. I'm not trying to get ugly with you. Then don't. And you know you hear people say, I know I need to change. How many ever said that? I mean, I'll raise up my hand, my feet. I know I need to change. I know I need to get better. I know I need to, I need to, I need to, I need to do this, I need to work on this. Well, when is your need gonna become so desperate where you say, I will do it. I will change. I will get better. I will not stay the same. And by the grace of God, this night is going to be different because I'm gonna do what Paul and Silas did at midnight. What did they do, preacher? They began to pray and they began to sing praises unto God. Amen. You see, my friends, sometimes we start lacking in areas because we're slacking. I was thinking about this, how that. I love reading 1 Corinthians 13. I love reading it. But lately for whatever reason, and I love reading it daily, but for whatever reason, I allow myself, and I allow myself, not anyone, myself. To get off track a little bit. And, you know, you feel, you can feel when you're getting off track. Okay. Can you relate? You feel, you know, you feel like I've really not been doing not I read my Bible, I read my Bible, but I like to read some things in addition to help my spiritual growth. Because sometimes when things are left unchecked in our lives, it can hinder our spiritual maturity. And it can be detriment to the well-being of our soul. Amen. And so I like 1 Corinthians 13 for the reason because the Bible, it it calls the love chapter. Now, some people say divine, agape, love, or whatever. And I believe the word agape, something like that. And when you look up, really, charity in the Greek, really, the meaning is brotherly kindness. I know, whatever. But it really is talking about just being kind, being thoughtful, being thoughtful. Amen. Well, the Bible says, Charity suffered long. 1 Corinthians 13 to 4. Charity suffered long Amen. and is kind. That's what the Bible says. Amen. Maybe I can get a little bit ahead of myself. Shake off those shackles of being unkind. Yes. Yes. Shake it off. Amen. Amen. It's kind. It envied not. It vaunted it not itself. It's not puffed up amen? And he goes on and on. We'll stop right there. But I want to read and go on here tonight. It's time for the shackles to come off. How many want the shackles to come off tonight? Paul and Silas went to a friend. What friend did they go to, preacher? They went to Jesus. Jesus. They went to Jesus, and the Bible says at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And guess what? And the prisoners heard them. They opened up their mouth. They got loud. Oh, hallelujah. I said they got loud. They weren't proud. They just got loud. They lifted up their voices. Just like last night, we talked about the man, how he, when he got healed, he leaped up, he stood, and he began to walk and leap and praise God. And the Bible said the people saw him Leaping and walking and praising God. And in that prison, the people heard them praying and singing praises unto God. We got to pray and we got to sing praises unto God. Know something. Know something. They prayed. Jesus taught in Luke 18 verse 1. Jesus taught this in Luke 18 verse 1. And he spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always pray. That's what the Bible says. I didn't write it, but I endeavor by the grace of God to want to live it and want to live it more and want to give it all I got. Amen. Amen. Said always pray and not to faint. That means don't lose heart. Don't be a quitter. Don't lose heart. Don't give up. Say, we're preaching things seemingly. They're not working out in this situation or this area of my life. Then don't quit. Don't give up. The Bible said, let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. Amen. Amen. You see... Many faint in the day of adversity. If you faint in the day of adversity, small is your strength. But I thank God that he's greater than my adversity tonight. I said, I thank the Lord he's greater than my adversity. Some people let adversities keep them out of church. I'm going through some stuff. I can't come back to church till I get myself straightened out. Well, that's why you really need to come to church. And I've heard people say that i got to get some stuff straight now. Then I'll come back. Then I'll, then I'll be faithful like I used to. Then I'll come to Bible study more. Then I'll come to church on Thursday. Then I'll come to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night. Then I will even probably make an earnest attempt attempt to come to prayer meeting, even if I get there 10 minutes to 6. I say, Preacher, you just lost me there. Preacher, if they change it to Saturday, I'll come. If they change to have prayer meeting at 6 o'clock on Saturday night, I will come. Okay, Pastor, you heard that. All right. There you go. He said it. I didn't. There we go. The Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul lived and preached this. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. The Apostle Paul said, Pray always. Jesus said, always pray. Here's Paul saying it. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. The Spirit of God will help our infirmities. Sister was testifying already, got it here, about praying in the Holy Ghost. Most of us here, most of us here, I don't know everybody, but most of us here know about the Holy Ghost. But do you pray in the Holy Ghost every day? There's times when I go to bed and I say, God, let me wake up in the morning, want to pray in the Holy Ghost, want to say, revive me today. Amen. When I go to bed at night, I want to pray in the Holy Ghost. Throughout the day, I want to pray in the Holy Ghost because guess what? When we pray in the Holy Ghost, it will confuse the devil. And you are helping your infirmities, your weaknesses, your sicknesses. Amen. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Just sometimes I feel pain in my body. And I say, God, I got the Holy Ghost. My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And God, I need you to touch these hands. I need you to touch my body. I need you to touch my mind. Why? Because when you pray, when you pray, miracles can happen. Just don't quit. Don't give up. Just believe God, God, I'm going to keep on praying. I'm going to keep on praying, God. By your grace, I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna get on my knees at the altar. Amen. I know. I know you don't have to come to the altar every service, but I'm this. This has been me. This is just me. I'm not trying to make you like me. I'm just telling you, I love going to the altar. It's just something about getting out of your seat and coming down. You know, say, well, well, thoughts come to my mind. Go to the altar. Well, you know, it's not the devil telling you. If anything, the devil gonna say you don't have to go to the altar. You don't have to go to the altar. You've been saved. You've been saved five years. Well, I've been saved since 1987. So that's about what, 35 years? And I'm still not tired of getting down on my prayer bones in the altar. There's something about praying praying and it doesn't matter who's looking at me what they thinking about me I want to pray and I need to have time with God <laughs> you know have you heard people pray in public and they pray these long prayers in public dear Moody said if a man prays long in public he probably don't pray that much in private I don't know how true that is but I've heard some people stand up and give some long prayers. I'm not talking about New Testament. I'm talking about other places. I was at a place one time. This man just stood up and gave a long prayer. The preacher said, decided he was going to let somebody else pray from a different church. And he prayed. We don't know what he prayed. He said, me, and the preacher, the pastor told me later, he said, man, he sort of killed everything, didn't he? And in my mind, I'm thinking, you called him. <laughs> but I did not tell him that. Amen. <laughs> They prayed, and then they added something else to their prayers. They added something else to their prayers. They added social media. They added TikTok. Say, preacher, did they add that? They added video games. Now, preacher, did they add that? No, and not that these things are wrong. Because I'm on social media. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not too much a big fan of Facebook anymore. I go there from time to time. But I'm, I used to go on there and, you know, I used to see people with their light on. And I'll put a little funny thing out there on Facebook. I said, I see your light. I know you're out there. I'm a night stalker. I see you and you're night stalker too. But I stopped that. One brother, one brother even bought me a little deal for my hat, night stalker for Facebook. And that's been some years, and nothing wrong with Facebook. If that's what you want to do, go through everybody's page, that's fine. I've had my share of it, but to me, it's not profit. And none of these things are wrong. But when we can do more Facebook, when we can do more social media than praying and reading our Bible, then something is wrong. Amen. They added something else to their prayers. What they had, preacher. They added singing praises. They prayed and sang praises unto God. Oh, hallelujah. You see that combination? Prayer and singing praises. Is a great combination. No weapon formed against it can prosper. Amen. When you get men and women praying and singing praises, guess what? Something is about to happen. And when you do it consistently, this is what Paul says. Paul says in Philippians chapter four, verse four: Rejoice in the Lord. Always. Oh, hallelujah. And again, I say rejoice. Now, this is easy to preach and easy to talk, but God wants us to live it. <laughs> God doesn't want me to just get up here and preach about it, but hey, buddy, won't you get to live in it? Because this is what rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice. Rejoice means to be full of cheer that is calmly happy or well-off. Amen. I mean, you're a cheerful person. Are we out there saying you're a cheerful person? We wake up and we can say, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for the grace to pray and to praise him more. The Bible says, Sing praises. Well, Pastor Devonshire, may we we'll sing and clap later. Seemed like it turned out to be a teaching more than a jumping and shouting. Does the preacher already know it, but do we live it? Do we live it? You know, a lot of times we say, "I know this already," but do we live it? Do we really rejoice? Do you really rejoice when it seems like everything is going wrong? Because it's easy to just talk about it. Do we say, God, I praise you. I'm going to count it all joy. That I know it's going to get better. Amen. Even I saw Sister Martha raising her hand, raising her hand. And I believe, and I know everybody's just praying for it, but I want to put in there I pray for it. I endeavor to pray for it too. Pray for it all because you know why? Our God is good. I said, "Our God is good. And we find here in this Bible study, we find a lesson that these two men, though they were going through some stuff in their life, they were beaten, they were in shackles, but guess what? They began to pray, and they began to sing praises, and the Bible says at midnight, oh, hallelujah, there was a great earthquake. The foundation of the prison began to shake, oh, hallelujah. The prison doors came wide open, and the shackles came off, and they were free. Hallelujah, they were free. I'm free, thank God I'm free, I'm healed, I'm better, in the name of Jesus. It's time for the shackles, it's time for the shackles to come off tonight, church. Amen. If the shackles could come off, on oh, Paul and Silas, and the prison doors can be opened, God can do it for us, spiritually speaking. But guess what? That's not the end of it. That wasn't the end of it. When it opened up, the keeper, he thought it was over. He was getting ready to kill himself. He was getting ready to take his life. But Saul said, hey, don't do yourself no, do yourself no harm. And then that, that keeper came over. The jailer came over and said, what must I do to be saved, sirs? What must I do to be saved? They said, believe on the Lord Jesus and thou shalt be saved. You see where this is going? When you begin to pray and praise God and the prisoners hear you, those that are in sin, guess what? They can be set free because they see some excitement. They see men and women just not serving God in the good times, but they serve God when things are rough, when things are tough, but they just keep on going. They never quit. They never give up. I thank God we can pray and sing praises until the shackles come off. The shackles. And we need the shackles to come off tonight. What are you shackled by? You can get ready to come to the instruments if you like. Time for the shackles to come off. May our prayers And praises be heard tonight in this service. May the foundation tonight, may we pray at this altar call so earnestly and praise him so earnestly. That the shackles, the foundations, the foundations of worldliness, ungodliness, complacency, inconsistency can be shaken off. It's time for the shackles to come off tonight. Yeah. Shackles of doubt, shackles of fear, shackles of anxieties. Because our God knows shackles of sicknesses. I said, shackles of sicknesses. God is ready to heal. It's time to rise up and get your miracle. If you need a physical healing, God can heal you. If you need, listen, if you need a financial blessing, God can bless you. How many believe that? If you need a spiritual blessing, if you need a boost in your faith, just begin to say, God, I'm going to rise up and I'm going to pray and I'm going to sing praises unto God and I'm going to get my miracle and the prison doors are going to be open. Like the saying goes right before Pastor Hill come. We need to pray until something happens. And we need to praise God. We need to praise God. To